brand new episode of Team with Janae. I'm your host, Janae Kirshner of Janae Kirshner Photography, and I'm so excited you guys are here. Team with Janae is where we give real advice, tangible tips, and thoughtful insight about what it's really like to be a wedding photographer. So I'm really thrilled about this week's episode because we're chatting with one of my friends, Maggie Fisher from Magdalena Studios and the Artist Lawyer, all about how to protect your business with solid wedding photography contracts. This is so important, especially in light of what's going on. And Maggie walks us through how to make sure your contract is good and what to do if it's not. So I'm so thrilled that she's here. A little bit about Maggie is that she's a lawyer, an educator, a photographer, a traveler, and an entrepreneur. Her journey has taken her from photographing professional surfers while swimming in some of the world's most epic waves to receiving her Juris Doctorate from Rutgers Law. I'm so thrilled that Maggie's here and I know that you guys are going to love her. So a few things to announce before we begin. Um, we're so close to getting our to our goal of 20 reviews in 2020 and I would love, love, love if you guys could help us out. Just swipe up after you listen to this episode on Apple Podcasts and leave us a glowing five-star review. It will really help us out and it will allow new people to find us. I would really love your support. Thank you so much. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.tbjanae.com to read our latest blog posts, join our newsletter, and our super fun Facebook group. So let's grab a cup of tea and enjoy the show. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm so excited you guys are here. We have a wonderful guest today. Maggie, can you say hi? Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks so much for being on the show. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, we're friends. We we know each other. So I'm so excited Maggie's on the show. Um, and we've got a great topic for you guys today. But before we begin, uh, Maggie, let's have you introduce yourself to our audience, our listeners. Um, tell everybody a little bit about you, how you got started, and, and what's going on with your company. Awesome. Um, so I am Maggie. And I founded Magdalena Studios. So we have a um, studio team of photographers based in South Jersey, where uh, we do a high volume of weddings and portrait sessions, um, not only in, you know, down the shore, but Philadelphia area. And I do a bit of destination as well. Um, and I also recently launched the artist lawyer. Um, so I'm an, a lawyer for artists and creatives. And um, we have a contract shop right now. And I do um, consultations with all kinds of creative business owners from uh, visual artists to wedding vendors. And um, I've even been helping some kombucha brewers lately. So um, cool. I, <laughs> all of, I have my feet in so, so many different places right now, but it's um, been really awesome. That's so cool. So what made you start the artist lawyer? So um, law was always my passion and my goal and the path that I thought that I was going to take. And 
photography was this thing on the side for a while. Um, and it was, it was interesting because both paths just kind of took off simultaneously. And I felt like I was living this parallel life. Like I had, I had like my feet heavily planted in, in both worlds. I would go to law school during the day. And then on the weekends, I, I was shooting weddings. Um, and, you know, both things just, you know, really took off at the same time. So all through law school, I was shooting 30 weddings a year. Um, I was traveling on my study breaks. I was doing commercial and editorial work with professional surfers. And then I would come back and take my finals and, you know, all of that. And I knew that at some point I wouldn't be able to continue down like the parallel roads that I would have to take one or the other. Um, and it finally came to a point about a year ago where I had an opportunity to go to a lot large corporate law firm and they wanted to know, um, rightfully so they wanted a commitment from me that if, there was a case or something that they need my help with on the weekends that I would pass off any wedding that I had booked to an associate. And to them, you know, it doesn't seem like a big deal, but for us in the wedding world, um, you know, I knew that I couldn't do that. And my business had been my baby and it was doing really well. So I decided to pass on the opportunity. Um, I gave up this law career that I had worked so hard towards and it was such a dream offer, but I decided to take a chance with my business. And, um, for a good, like six months, I just kind of took a breather. I focused on weddings. I did some much needed backend work on just like tightening up my business. And then I, you know, I was still craving that law and legal side of things. So I merged my two crafts and passions and I launched the artist lawyer. That's incredible. That's so amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. I love that you're able to to do both things and they're both sort of, they're really tied together because your artist lawyer is for your creative side, for your creative yeah. people. So that's so great. I love and, that. I mean, contracts and writing, I mean, it's, it is creative too. You have to get creative with, you know, making sure you're protecting artists and creatives, but also making sure it's something that clients will want to sign. So <laughs> exactly. There's yeah. A- no, you're, I have your wedding contract and it's insanely good. It's so good. <laughs> so you. yeah, I'm, I'm so excited for this show because we're talking about, you know, protecting your business with solid contracts and how, you know, in this current environment, you know, the importance of understanding having a good contract, you know, it's, it's super important. I think a lot of people who previously did not have a good contract are like kicking themselves in the butt. (laughs) Everyone right now. (laughs) I know. So what have you been noticing like going on in, in the industry? Yeah. So, um, I mean, definitely everybody is starting to notice if they didn't have a good contract before. Um, I think the biggest thing is ambiguities, Um, So not having a clear cancellation or rescheduling policy, of course, force majeure is like the hot buzzword that everyone's using um, now that we're dealing with COVID-19. And even just conflicting language in contracts. There's so, so many contracts I've seen that, you know, it says there's a non-refundable retainer, but then, you know, it says the retainer will be refunded in certain circumstances. and, you know, right now everyone's fighting to keep their retainers because a lot of 
vendors have spent that money towards insurance or, you know, certain things that services they might have provided already for the client. Um, so it's definitely, it's, it's tricky if you have ambiguities or conflicting language inside of your contract. Yeah. And I think for our listeners, um, can you explain what a force majeure is? Some people might not never heard of it before. Yeah. So force majeure, um, it, it means act of God in French. Um, which I just, I didn't even realize what it meant in French. <laughs> I just, I know what it means legally, but somebody just told me what the actual translation was recently. Um, so it, in a contract, um, when something comes up that makes it impossible to perform the contract as it's written or for one party or both parties, um, the force majeure language determines what then occurs. So um, a lot of force majeure language will say, will um, ask one party to notify within a certain number of days that a force majeure scenario has occurred. Um, and then from there, you know, what, what will happen in terms of refunds or curing the occurrence, you know, if you can move forward and try to work together to make the contract happen. Um, or if, you know, after a certain number of days, the contract will become void, it can be written in a number of ways. Yeah, it's very interesting. I think people um, are like all checking their contracts. Like, do I even have that clause? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally. <laughs> So have you noticed any other sort of contract trends that people are maybe just getting brand new contracts from the, you know, rest- when moving forward with uh, couples rebooking or, you know, what have you been noticing? Um, I think that a lot of people now are reevaluating their contracts. They want to know what their contract said, and then they're purchasing new contracts and they, they want to know what what everything means in their contract, which is great because you want to be able to explain it to a, to a client and you want to know for yourself what, you know, what you're promising and what you're, you're um, asking your clients to sign. But a lot of people are really um, doing their homework now on the legal side of things, which is interesting because, you know, you don't, you don't care and pay attention to it. I feel like until, it's important. And exactly. Um, you know, now everybody's really paying attention to it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think, honestly, I'm glad we're doing this topic because I feel like people are scared to even talk about it, you know, but I want your advice, like, and for our listeners, you know, what are some of the best practices that you can share um, when it comes to choosing your contracts or even your lawyers? Yeah. Well, the biggest issue, honestly, that I see right now is People offer contracts that might, like, maybe shouldn't be putting contracts up for sale. Um, You can buy contracts all over the place or even just, like, find them on the internet. And I think it's really important to be smart about where you're getting your contract language from or to really make sure you're reading it and have a full understanding and, um, you know, that you're doing your due diligence. So, you know, if you're buying a contract from, like, uh, I don't know. I don't want to name any, any certain places. No, like XYZ lawyer. Yeah. yeah. Well, not, I think if you're buying a contract from a lawyer, that's great. But if you're buying a contract from like Etsy or like the place where you get your social media template oh, yeah. or from a photographer, like some photographers sell their contracts um, and they're not lawyers. And 
that's a little that's a little tricky to me because um, you want to make sure that you're buying it from an, an attorney. It's up to date. Um, attorneys are going to really care about the legal language what they're putting out there, whereas photographers or like market places on the internet for creatives, they might just throw something up um, that they might not be updating or they might not even thoroughly understand. Right, right. And also contracts kind of modify from state to state, right? Yeah. So um, within within your state, you always want to make sure you're complying with state laws. Generally, most contracts are going to be written where you know, you can use them in all 50 states. And even, um, you know, I've had people contact me from, from Europe and say they do a lot of business here. And contract language is pretty standard, but you want to make sure within your individual state, um, there are going to be things that come up and you could just have um, a local attorney review it. It's going to be so much cheaper to buy a contract template and have a local attorney review it than to have a local attorney draft your contract. Like that could be thousands and thousands of dollars. Um, but some of the things. Oh, that's a great tip. Yeah. That's so good. You guys <laughs> make note of that. <laughs> but some of the things that come up, it's just like um, online transaction fees. You might be able to charge in certain states, but not in others. It's just like little niche things like that. Mm-hmm. What about picking a lawyer? Because I feel like, I mean, for me, it's like I'm so petrified. And we have lawyers in the family, but they do like um, entertainment law or something yeah. like different. And I know I could reach out to them in a pinch. And, you know, I, I haven't had to, but I, you know, if I needed to, I would. But like, I feel like people are really afraid to talk to lawyers because they think that they're going to be charged like so much money from the initial get go. Yeah. Like, what can maybe explain that sort of? process of like finding a lawyer for you. Yeah. I mean, I completely understand that. I remember in law school, I had written my own contracts for weddings and I had asked, my mom's a a judge and I grew up in the law world. So I asked some friends of my mom who, um, if they would review my contract that I had written and they were, they were so confused. Like they were like, why do you need all of this stuff? You're a wedding photographer. Um, so I think when you're choosing a lawyer, it's really important to either talk to an attorney who has experience with, you know, whatever you need help with contracts or in the wedding industry, creatives, artists. Um, I, I feel like for me personally, and, you know, I know there's some other attorneys out here that do similar things. We have our feet planted in both worlds. You know, if you've been a photographer, if you've been an artist or a vendor, you understand the kinds of protections and um, things that you need to feel confident and secure in, in doing your best work for your clients. And I feel like a cookie cutter attorney does not always understand that, Um and they don't really understand billing wise either what exactly you need. So some people right now I offer like a 30 minute consultation for $150 just because I threw that up on our website. Cause I know so many people just need quick questions answered. Um, and you know, then you have this fixed flat rate that, you know, um, you know, you know what you're getting into and you're not going to be billed thousands of dollars. So I think right. looking for flat rates and looking for, um, artist lawyers that have, have that like artist creative um field as well in their repertoire 
Yeah, I think that's great advice. And it's so great that you offer that service because even like what we're going through now and later down the road, if someone just needs to sort of pick your brain for 30 minutes, it's like a good investment. Yeah. You know, like it's not, you know, and if they want to work with you more, I'm sure you have different options for them, yeah. for, you know, to retain your services. So that's really incredible. I actually just, um, I just started a legal membership offering too. So Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, so it's like you get like a general in-house counsel um, up to like a certain number of hours a month if you're constantly dealing with contract issues. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, gosh, you have to give me the link to that. I'll put that in the yeah. show notes, you guys. You can just swipe <laughs> up and, and contact Maggie. Okay, so how do you know if you have a good tr- contract or not? <laughs> so one of the first <laughs> things that I look for is um, – you know, is the con- contract clean and organized? You can notice right off of the bat if a contract has just kind of been like mosh podge together. Um, you know, like the paragraphs are improperly spaced and there's no rhyme or reason to the order. Um, so I, I'm a stickler for making sure that they're very clean, very organized, very easy to read. So you know there's no ambiguities. Um, it's easy to modify. It's easy to cite to. God forbid you ever had to bring it into court. You know exactly where everything is. It's very clearly laid out. Um, so you want to you know, make sure it's organized, that there's definitions. If you're defining anything like wedding date or location or parties or you know, and you're capitalizing them, that that's consistently used throughout the document. Um, and that's just going to make it easier for everyone, for um, for the vendor, if they have to cite to something or modify it, for the client, if they have to, you know, when they're reading it and if they want to look for anything. And then God forbid anybody ever has to interpret your contract, um, they're, they're going to look more favorably upon it and, you know, be able to see if if it's clean and clear and organized. They will see there's no ambiguities versus, you know, if it's kind of all over the place, it might be easy to um, miss something and have somebody else find like little loopholes in it. Right. Yeah. So you definitely want to have a, a, a tight contract where there's no loopholes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just you want to so, lay it all out no, on the sorry, table. No. <laughs> right. Right. And you want it to be easy to read. I think one of the best tips I got was number each section and uh, just read your own contract line by line uh, backwards. So Ah, like you're going, so you you go from the bottom to the top and make sure you understand each line. And if you don't have a lawyer look at it or rewrite it in simpler Mm -hmm. terms, I mean, you know, you're the lawyer. I'm just giving, you know, advice that I heard from another lawyer, but it was, it was very, it made it less, less intimidating, especially if you have a contract now that you're not sure you know, that's mm-hmm. kind of a good way to do it. Or even having yeah. somebody else read your contract, maybe a family member or a friend and saying, what do you think this means? Because you know, you write it how you, you know, want it to sound or how you want it to come out, but it might not be how somebody else interprets it. Exactly. Yeah. It's all about interpretation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like the law, right? It's just the interpretation mm-hmm. of the law. <laughs> okay. So can you share, you know, what are some of the must-have clauses that every professional should have in their contract, no matter what their discipline. Yeah. So, of course, right now, everybody um, is focusing on force majeure and cancellation and rescheduling language. I think that's a given, um, something that's super important that you have 
a clear policy and you're making sure that that's very clearly articulated in your contract. So your clients and you know, um, you know, what the expectation is if there's a postponement or if the client decides to reschedule or if there is an act of God or if the photographer or the vendor or the florist for some reason can't make um, the event, will they send a replacement? Will there be um, a refund? You know, all of those different scenarios need to be laid out very thoroughly. Um, some of the things that I haven't seen in contracts before that I think are important um, now, especially is a travel warranty and um, travel fees. So are, you know, will travel fees be refunded if you, um, you know, have an out of state or out of country wedding and you can't get that money back? Who is responsible for travel insurance? Like is the vendor required to get travel insurance by the client? Um, and just, you know, making sure inside of the contract too, that it's clear that the risk of travel and the delays, um, are, you know, are a reality and that's something that could always happen. So it's just important to put, put those things in there in case there is any, um, in case there's any travel issues that come up. Yeah. Those are great. I never even thought of that. Yeah. And that's why you're here. (laughs) (laughs) So this is, so I wanted to ask you, you know, I know we talked about your site and everything, but you know, are there, can you share with our listeners, you know, a couple of resources that are are reputable, maybe online or in person or some books or, you know, what do you think are great online or in-person legal resources that, that our audience can, can research? Yeah. I think right now Facebook groups have been really helpful. Um, We have a Facebook group and um, I think that's a great resource for asking questions that other people might have answers to or might be interested in answering. Um, In my newsletter, I try to put out as many resources as possible on a regular basis. Um, I also really love volunteer lawyers for the arts. You can find good information on that website and they host events. Um, So that's, that's another good spot to just kind of keep an eye on as well. Oh, I never even heard of that. It's volunteer. What is it again? Volunteer lawyers for the arts. I can send you a link. Yeah. Oh yeah. We'll put it in the show notes. You guys can just swipe, swipe up on check it. So that's good. And then let's talk about your contract shop just a little bit more. What is in there? And like, what, um, what contracts do you have? Yeah. Um, so we have master contracts right now for, um, planners, photographers, videographers. We'll be putting ones for florists and hair and makeup artists up very soon. Um, we have cancellation and rescheduling agreements and we have a COVID liability waiver. We'll be adding more, um, over time, but I wanted to keep it as simple and streamlined as possible. So everything is included in those contracts. It's not congested with like different clauses that you have to buy or, um, you know, it's pretty clean and straightforward. So if you're buying like a master contract, everything's in it that you need. And we might add some like additional, um, clauses that you could purchase just to modify it. Um, but for now, everything is up there on those master contracts. Yeah, which is what I love is that your contract has every single clause that we've talked about um, come inside of it. And that's so valuable because you don't have to purchase anything else, which yeah. is I love that. 
I love that. And you know, if you guys are listening, you get a code, uh, a discount. Maggie was so nice to offer that to the T with Janae community that everybody gets 15% off if you use the code T with Janae at checkout. So if you guys are listening and you're, you want to get a new contract, you can save some money while you do it. So thank you, Maggie, for that. That's so nice of you. Of course. Thank you. Yeah. And l- before I let you go, I just want to talk about the COVID um, – what is it again? The, the, Oh, the liability waiver. Yeah. There you go. Hello. I had a little brain uh, freeze (laughs) there. So let's, can we, can you just go over what that means? Cause I, you know, as events start coming back online and sessions, um, you know, at least in New York city where I'm based, Mm -hmm. I'm a little nervous, you know, I'm nervous to get out there and to be with people, obviously just in general and then secondary for work. Mm -hmm. Um, but what is the liability? Why is that important? And why should we have that? Yeah. So moving forward, as we start getting back into events, um, you know, we're going to be the common denominator that's repeatedly at these large gatherings or even small gatherings as they start happening. So I know there are, um, you know, I've talked to vendors who have small gatherings that are legally allowed to start happening, but maybe they're back to back or maybe they're every weekend and you know, we're the ones that are going to repeatedly be at these events. So what is our liability and what is our responsibility um, for if we're carrying COVID, if we happen to transfer it to somebody at the wedding unknowingly um, and, you know, legally, how does that play out? Um, So just preemptively to protect yourself, I created this COVID liability waiver. Um, It states all of the practices that the vendor is – you know, stating they are complying with. So washing their hands, um, you know, being careful. They'll let you know if they have been exposed to the virus or if they felt sick, um, that they'll find a replacement. And then on the other flip side, the client will not hold the vendor liable and will indemnify the vendor um, if by any chance they happen to bring COVID to their event. Um, so just, you know, the client's assuming the risk, they understand that they're asking the vendor to come to their event and that, you know, they'll sign this document. It's an additional document that you would sign on top of the master contract, or you could even add it into it. Um, and it just, you know, releases your liability for transmitting it, which is so scary to think about. I know. I know. And do you think it's okay to like, send this to your, when would you send this to your client? Like, would you do it like 30 days before or would you do it sooner? No, I think, I think that as things move forward, we kind of will have a, we'll have a good sense of the risk of the event that's taking place. Um, I think especially if a client is having something that's a, a little bit more risky, maybe they're not complying with regulations and they're asking you to attend this event. It's something that will, you know, at, have them evaluate the seriousness of what they're asking you to do. And I think it'll kind of be like a case by case basis as we start shooting Mm -hmm. sessions and events, um, in the future. And I I don't think we'll, you know, we won't need them forever. And I think you can kind of evaluate what the risk factors are. Um, but if, you know, you're attending these events and, you know, say 30 days out, even like two weeks out, you could just have them sign this liability waiver, um, you know, through your CRM and just, kind of make it as streamlined and simple for the client as possible since they're already signing so many documents. But it's it's standard. If you go to a doctor's office right now, they're going to have you initial the same kind of thing. 
No, yeah, that's good to Real- know. So the doctors are doing yeah. it. Yeah. So everybody's naked. Realtors, to do it. That's if you're looking at houses with realtors, they're having you do it. So it's pretty standard right now that you're um, acknowledging the risk if you're, um, you know, going to be around people or attend an event. Yeah. Yeah. And our job is, is, all doing that so that's great advice maggie thank you so much for being here this has been so incredible thank you so much for having me this was so fun yeah um so let's tell everybody where they can find you online on instagram and let you know they listen to the show all right awesome um so my instagram is maggie fisher um and i spelled m-a-g-i-f-i-s-h-e-r no c (laughs) and no i-e um my wedding Instagram is Magdalena Studios, and you can find all of our website information on there as well. Okay, yeah, and then it's the is it the artistlawyer.com? Yeah, what is you that? You can one? do the artistlawyer.com or maggiefisher.com, either way, it'll take you to the same place. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And this, this is all in the show notes. So you guys can just swipe up and you can uh, click on the links and say hi to Maggie. Maggie, thank you so much for being here. It was amazing. Thank you. Thanks for having me. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Can't wait to hear from you guys soon and share our next cup of tea together. 